I've heard it said you steer where you stare. We are bombarded daily with voices vying for our attention. And if we fill our days and minds with Netflix and social media feeds, we can get off track pretty quick. That's why I developed a 30-day music challenge. Listen to Christian music exclusively for 30 days. The challenge is free, and I'll be right there with you every step of the way. Head over to michellenizette.com forward slash 30-day challenge to sign up. Change your music, change your life. You're listening to More Than a Song, episode 88. and welcome to this episode of More Than a Song. My name is Michelle Nizat, and this is the podcast dedicated to helping you discover the truth of Scripture hidden in today's popular Christian music. My goal is to teach you to connect portions of God's Word with the songs you're singing along with on the radio to help you meditate on truths that will transform your way of thinking and ultimately your life. Fear and Pain Each week, I wonder what you're going through. I wish I could sit across from you and hear your story. But there's one thing I'm sure of, even without hearing the details. You have experienced fear and pain. And probably will again. And I chose this week's song, The Words I Would Say by Sidewalk Prophets, after hearing the story of the daughter of a listener and friend of mine. The story resonated with me so much because I could have written the same story for my seventh grade daughter and my third grade daughter. And heck, I could have written the story for myself. And I'm sure I could have written the story for you. Her story was a story of transition. And I don't know about you, but transition always provides a bit of fear, if not deep fear, at least some trepidation. Her story included people in positions of authority that should provide comfort and guidance but are either unable or unwilling to do so. Her story included friends and acquaintances who should have listened to their mamas when she said, if you can't say something nice, don't say anything at all. Her story included great sadness and brokenness over a crisis of identity. And her story included a guide who had the experience and plan to help her find her way. The guide happened to be Sidewalk Prophets through the lyrics of their song. But the real guide is God himself through the truth of scripture that inspired the song in the first place. Some might say this lyric helped her break through, but I say it's the truth of the lyric that set her free. Be strong in the Lord and never give up hope. You're gonna do great things. My friend's daughter found freedom in meditating on the truths and the encouragement of the words in these lyrics and leaning into the father of all truth, her heavenly father, to guide her through the transition, the identity crisis, the failure of authority figures, the friends that failed her, because God is her ultimate faithful guide. 
Now, last week when we talked about God never leaving our side, it really made me think of Joshua when God said, I will not fail or abandon you. And some versions say, I will not forsake you. So I started reading up on Joshua and then decided at some point to keep my notes for this week's song. And so this actually reminds me of something that I have said in the past. Now, the whole purpose of this podcast is to inspire you to pick up your Bible and read it for yourself. Now, I use music that you're already listening to on the radio as the catalyst, and hopefully also it'll act as a trigger to remind you of truth once you've studied it. But it's not like each song only has one direction. I've said it before, but I think I could actually take all 86 songs that I've used and reviewed on this podcast and go in a completely different direction and send you to different new and exciting sections of scripture. So whether you were listening to last week's song by Wren Collective, You Will Never Run, or Sidewalk Prophets, the words I would say, consider thinking of Joshua and diving into scripture to explore his story. Because Joshua's story holds all of the elements that show up in all of our personal stories. Because Joshua's story has transition and identity development and authority figures that let him down, and friends that failed him, and a faithful guide. So let's head over to Joshua chapter 1 to meet him. And at this point in Joshua's story, I see that Moses has died, and God literally says to Joshua, the time has come for you to lead. And then in the span of nine verses, God says, be strong and courageous, three times with one, be very strong and courageous. Okay. So we see a man in transition. This leader is going from second in command to basically being the big cheese. He is getting ready to lead an entire nation into the promised land, a land that they had longed for since the days of the Exodus, longing for this moment for over 40 years. Exciting, right? I mean, sometimes our transitions can be equally as exciting and long-awaited. Things like new babies, new jobs, new towns, new church, new friends, a new grade, a new teacher. All of these can hold such splendor and excitement along with the fear of leaving the known and the comfortable. So no wonder Joshua needed some encouragement. Plus, if you've ever read Exodus uh, through the book of Joshua, which I encourage you to do, you can do it. Don't get too bogged down in Leviticus and the laws, but you'll see a big picture. You'll see a big picture of a very large nation of a bunch of whiny babies. (laughs) Because when uh, God says the time has come for you to lead, it's no surprise that he needs to add in a few be strong and courageouses into that mix, okay? Because the people of Israel um, have proven themselves hard to lead. Now, I'm an avid podcast listener. My background is in management and marketing, and I have a love of everything leadership. So I listen to podcasts, a lot of podcasts on marketing and leadership, along with some great Bible teaching. And recently, I listened to a series of presentations during an online summit provided by Michael Hyatt, one of my favorite podcasters that I listen to and bloggers that I read. And of all the speakers um, that he that he um 
highlighted on in this summit, m- most of them were successful entrepreneurs, many of them doing amazing things in and through their businesses and ministries. And if you only took a cursory look, you might see their success and think, man, if I buy their books or if I listen to their par- podcast or buy their course, I could have the same success that they have. And to be sure, their guidance may lead you to greater levels of success. But if you look closer, you see that their journeys are three and five and seven years before they hit those inflection points that really launch them into kind of this greatness where they are today. And the thing is, is that we live in a culture that touts instant everything, instant financial success, instant health results, instant fame, instant honor. But if you look behind the current level of success and influence in the lives of others, you see sometimes long periods of lows and a lot of hard work and many, many, many experiences that led them to the success and the place that they are experiencing today. And this is what I think of as I picture Joshua. He's approximately a 60-year-old man at this point, at the beginning of Joshua chapter 1. And there are many times when I long for those promised land experiences Experiences, that promised land moment, that place of freedom and prosperity designed in advance for me by my Heavenly Father. I want that experience. But am I willing to journey as Joshua has? So that made me want to go back to the first mention of Joshua and kind of understand his story. Because as I'm pulling up Joshua chapter 1, that's the, be- that's the beginning of a different season, but it's not the beginning of his story. So uh, the first mention, we meet Joshua first in Exodus chapter 17. And we have no idea the extent of his training when we first meet him here in Exodus 17, because he, he's taking on a leadership role in battle. Let's go ahead and read it, and then I'll talk about it on the other side. While the people of Israel were still at Rephidim, the warriors of Amalek attacked them. Moses commanded Joshua, choose some men to go out and fight the army of Amalek for us. Tomorrow I will stand at the top of the hill, holding the staff of God in my hand. So Joshua did what Moses had commanded and fought the army of Amalek. Meanwhile, Moses, Aaron, and Hur climbed to the top of a nearby hill. As long as Moses held up the staff in his hand, the Israelites had the advantage. But whenever he dropped his hand, the Amalekites gained the advantage. Moses' arms soon became so tired that he could no longer hold them up. So Aaron and Hur found a stone for him to sit on. Then they stood on each side of Moses, holding up his hands. So his hands held steady until sunset. As a result, Joshua overwhelmed the army of Amalek in battle. After the victory, the Lord instructed uh, Moses, write this down on a scroll as a permanent reminder and read it aloud to Joshua. I will erase the memory of Amalek from under heaven. Moses built an altar there and named it Yahweh Nisi, which means the Lord is my banner. I want you to remember while you are reading these stories in God's word, which that's a really cool story, I think. But I want you to remember that they are real stories happening to real people. And so an effective Bible interaction tool is to actually picture in your mind what 
might be happening. Now, according to my daughter, that is called referential representation. She told me that she learned that in first grade. (laughs) So she said that all that means is that you can picture in your mind the story you're reading. Okay, so now you know, referential representation. So picture in your mind what you know about the characters that you are reading about. If you read Exodus, beginning in chapter 1, you're going to know things about Joshua, even though they aren't specifically mentioned him by name until chapter 17, if you really think about it. Okay, so I have read that. If you haven't read it, I encourage you to start in Exodus 1. It really reads like a story. It's very, very interesting, and it's you're not going to get lost in it because it leads. I mean, you're not going to you're not going to get lost. You might get lost in the story, but you're not going to get lost. But you're going to know this. You're going to know that Joshua is an Israelite born in Egypt into slavery. Now we could stop and talk about that for the rest of the podcast because I can't even imagine what all of that entails. It really makes me think of Ron and I, my husband Ron and I like LSU football. And so hope I didn't just alienate half my listeners. But anyway, we are Tiger fans. And um, during the game, they'll run this SEC commercial. One of the um, uh, incredible players that we have on our team, his name is Leonard Fournette. And his story is that he was in New Orleans during Hurricane Katrina. And he's kind of telling about it on this um, SEC commercial. And he's just kind of talking about what he had to go through, how he saw bodies floating in the water and how they had to loot to to ha- find food so that they could survive because they were on a bridge for four days before they were rescued. And so you have to understand that y- you're thinking, wow, that experience ended up being channeled into this young man and he is a beast on the football field but but he he isn't who he is without that experience right so if you think about Joshua and again referential representation let's picture in our mind what's happening here and you hear the story of the Israelites in quotation marks as a nation just think whatever is happening to them is has happened to Joshua he was born in Egypt, he was born a slave. And uh, I'm just going to tell you, we think he's probably around 20 years old at this point. So he's um, a young man, but he has memories and I'm sure he's had to work as a slave. Anyway, all of that. Just think about that. Think about that in your mind. Okay, so he's, he was an Israelite born in Egypt into slavery. I know that he walked across the Red Sea with a wall of water on his right and a wall of water on his left. And he saw the miracles of God throughout the entire Exodus experience. So everything you read in Exodus, go back and read it again, even if you've read Exodus before. But now from this time, Think about it as if you're Joshua. You are a person, not a nation of people. You are a person experiencing this. I know that he saw God lead his people by a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. He saw God make bitter water sweet when they were thirsty. God himself fed Joshua bread from heaven when the manna came down. So Think about all that you know about Joshua, even though it didn't, it was talking about it happening to the nation of Israel. As it happened to the nation, it happened to Joshua. So again, he's about 20 years old at this point. And this is the young man that Moses commands to go out and choose men and fight. 
<laughs> so talk about extreme. You know, this isn't Red Rover where you're you're picking your friends and hoping the other team can't break through. Joshua is picking warriors from a bunch of slaves. Okay, so just reading this short story from Exodus 17, we see Joshua's first real success in battle was a direct result of the staff of God being raised over them. Notice what it said. It says, as a result, Joshua overwhelmed the army. So now, isn't it interesting that God had Moses write it all down in a book? Did you catch that? To remember and to make sure that Moses recited it so that Joshua could hear it. And that God's name, Jehovah Nisi, was revealed at this point. The Lord is my banner. So there's a lot of things running through my head right now as I read this. But one really important one is the value of writing things down as a permanent reminder. It is so important to go back and remember God's faithfulness, to remember that it was because of his greatness and not our own that brings us victory. And this way, when we have an identity crisis, we can remember that the Lord is our banner over us, leading us to victory, not ourselves and not anybody else. Okay, so we've seen Joshua at 60 in transition. We see Joshua at 20 placing his identity in Jehovah Nisi. But what about that authority figure failure that I was talking about? Well, in Exodus chapter 24, we see Joshua is mentioned as Moses' assistant. So from this point on, Joshua is Moses' right-hand guy. In fact, this is where we see this picture of this authority figure that is so disappointing. We, We don't see how Joshua himself responds to it, but you know it had to affect him. Because remember, he was there. And just like it affects us every time we've ever been let down. So Moses and Joshua are on a mountain in the very presence of God, receiving critical instructions. And chapter 32 tells us that the people couldn't even wait 40 days before they were before they convinced Aaron to create an idol to worship in place of God. And Moses' own brother, Aaron, who's left in charge while they're meeting with God, creates a golden calf for the people to worship. I mean, come on, Aaron. Couldn't you just tell them no? Okay, so major authority figure disappointment. And you know, when you're reading all this and you're realizing this has to affect Joshua, he it doesn't say how he responded, but he saw it. He experienced it. He was up on the mountain with Moses and comes down to that. How disappointing. All right, and what about Joshua's friends that failed him? Well, do you know that the Israelites finally made their way from Egypt to the promised land about 18 months after the exodus of Egypt? And in Numbers 13, they reach the promised land and Moses sends in 12 spies, uh, one from each tribe to scope out the land. And Joshua is one of those chosen spies. And he and his friends spend 40 days spying out the land. So Joshua and his friends get back after this 40-day backpacking spy trip that they're on and through the promised land. He can't wait to tell people what he saw because he was so excited about what God had in store. But his friends didn't see it that way. But they weren't just okay with agreeing to disagree. They actually riled the entire community up against Joshua and Caleb. And then ultimately against Moses and Aaron. And ultimately, ultimately, the friends riled up the community against God. So 
Here you have this major friend failure, the choices of Joshua's friends, not just frustrating because they disagreed, but the people started talking about choosing a new leader, like booting out Moses and Aaron. Uh, They started talking about going back to Egypt. They started talking about killing Joshua and Caleb, the two of the 12 who saw the land as wonderful instead of a death trap. So talk about friends that fail. Now, I think we all know that words hurt, but these words actually changed the course of an entire nation and actually changed the course of Joshua's life for the next 40 years. This failure ended in God wanting to wipe out the nation, but allowing them to wander for 40 years until all of the adults of that generation died except Joshua and Caleb. All right, so then this leads us back to where we began. 60-year-old Joshua in transition, leading the children of the generation who refused to trust God. And throughout Joshua's story, we saw Moses, of course, as his mentor. But God is Joshua's faithful guide. And I think we can learn a lot from the advice that God, Joshua's faithful guide, gave him as he embarked on this transition. He says, Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. That sounds a whole lot like. Be strong in the Lord and never give up hope. You're going to do great things. What's next? Well, there are so many places you can go this week. I want to challenge you to read larger chunks of scripture this week so that you can begin to see the bigger story. So often we are looking for a tweetable or a verse to share, but what we've talked about this week is more big picture. So if you really want to know who Joshua is, I personally think you should start at the beginning of Exodus and consider that whatever happened to the people of God happened to him. So I'm encouraged to hear how that works for you this week and what you're reading. And so while you're in God's word, let me know how you're doing. You can email me directly, michelle at michellekneezat.com. You can hop on Twitter or Facebook and we can talk about what you're learning. 
Now, before I tell you what song will be featured next week, I want to shout out to Kathy from Florida, Sarah from Ohio, Julie from New Mexico, Robin from New Mexico, Jamie from Washington, Jean from Louisiana, Kelly from California. They are my newest subscribers to my website. And the benefit of subscribing is that I will email you once a week. And in that email, you get a weekly memory verse resource to display on your smartphone, your tablet, or your desktop. Or you can even print it out and place it wherever is convenient for you. You will get an email recap of the week's episode. And you'll get instant access to any of the additional resources that I create from time to time. And it's just my way to say thank you for listening. So head over to michellenizat.com to subscribe today. And don't miss an episode of my podcast by subscribing in iTunes. And while you're there, please leave me a written review and a star rating. This not only encourages me, but helps me stay visible to new listeners. And as always, if you take the time to review my podcast, I will take the time to personally thank you right here on the podcast. Well, that's it for this episode of More Than a Song. Next week, I will use The River by Jordan Feliz to jump into scripture. If you liked this episode, would you mind sharing it with others? I've made it really easy. With one click, you can share via Facebook, Twitter, or email. Just head over to michellekneesat.com forward slash 88. While you're there, I'd love to hear from you. Just click on comment to join the conversation. Until next time, take time to meditate on God's word and consider his ways.